Food, the food history podcast, where we podcast about the history of fruit cake, a cake that has the density of uranium and probably also shares uranium's half life, which is roughly 4.5 billion years. I'm your host, Tim. <laughs> and with me, as always, is your other host. What's up, you guys? I'm L. Uh, L. Just shaking my head. Yeah. How do you feel about fruit I'm cake? I'm shaking my head in utter disappointment. I. I I hope I need to pull up the quote that I sent you. A fruitcake <laughs> is an abomination to the words fruit and cake. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm not a big fan of it. I think oh yeah, I think it's what I tried it. I tried it one time because I thought you know people can be like fake annoying about foods because they're like oh my gosh like that's it's so bad like it's terrible you should never have it and yeah. I'm like you're just being annoying because it's just like that's a thing that people say. So I I think I tried fruitcake just out of the pure like. Okay, you, I'm gonna prove you guys wrong, and I was like, "Oh no, oh no, wait, no, it's, no, yeah. you guys knew." Yeah. So yeah, I'm not a big fan of it. Yeah. What about you, Tim? Well, I was looking for some fruit. I, well, I was looking for some fruit cake uh, at the stores recently. No. Uh, because I knew we were gonna record this episode because I wanted to. It's been a while since I've had yeah. it, and I was wanting to try it again. Sure. Uh, to just to just refresh my memory, but uh, I couldn't find any, and. <laughs> My for the my feeling about fruitcake, okay, I'm biased now because I truly think that by the end of this, okay, we are you you are gonna have a new perspective on fruitcake. Okay, cake. challenge accepted. Um, okay, and if you're to ask, I'm gonna I'm gonna answer this as if before before I did the research. Uh, no, I agree. Fruitcake was is is like I don't think it's as bad as people make it out to be. Sure, but it's not good. Which makes it uh con- like that makes it confusing why it's a thing. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. Like, I think that's a great way of putting that. It's not good. So why yeah. do we why do we do this every year? So why are we wasting our time? Yes. With that. Um, fun fact about fruitcake: yes. it contains roughly seventy percent nuts and dried fruits and or candied fruits. Uh, roughly seventy percent, give or take. Uh, so on a scale from one to seventy Christmas lights. <laughs> What do you rank fruitcake? Ten Christmas lights. Ten Christmas lights sim- on a scale from one to seventy Christmas lights. Yes. Sounds good. <laughs> Ten you got Christmas. a lot of room to grow though, which is great. I think Yeah, can, no, we I got I, I, Yeah, we could probably beat ten. Um All right, so let's get stuck into the history of fruitcake. Hey guys, welcome to the ad section. I'm here to tell you real quick about Anchor by Spotify. You may have heard us talk about Anchor at the end of our episodes. Is because Anchor is the platform we use to distribute our podcasts. It's totally free. It helps us distribute our podcasts to different platforms. That's how we're on Apple Podcasts. That's how we're on Google Podcasts, CastBox, you name it. They've helped us do that. You can record directly on the app, on the webpage. They don't even need a super fancy setup. It's super straightforward. 
totally free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started on your podcast or whatever you like to do. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of the episode. You were the ones that sent me the fruitcake for Christmas. It made me so sick. Oh, I'm sorry. We thought you enjoyed fruitcake. What exactly is fruitcake and why would we do this? Um, <laughs> so it's typically a pastry, bread, or cake that is uh, super jam-packed full of dried fruits, candy fruits, roasted nuts, um, and can be soaked in alcohol. Oh. Now, some might say that it's, it is traditionally soaked in alcohol. Oh. Which is a thing that I did not fucking realize. No, I had no clue. And would make that travesty of a cake ten times more enjoyable. Because, fun fact about fruitcake sold in stores, L, they don't have the fucking alcohol. Well, that changes everything, Tim. I feel like that changes everything. Changes the whole fucking thing. Changes every the bit of it. The game has changed. Makes it virtually a different product. Yes. <laughs> it's a completely like, different product. If, yeah, if someone came up to me and was like, hey, do you know that, that we, we sell like rum cake? I'd be like, wow, that sounds really like, good. And they're like, yeah, yeah, but it's the commercial version with no rum. No. I'd be like, well, that's fucking dumb. <laughs> um, so, yes. it, so typically, like I said, and I will say, notice I said pastry, bread, or cake. Yes. Um, we're going to talk about some varieties that are just pretty much breads. Interesting, um, okay. F- yeah, fruited and nutted breads Ooh. that kind of get underneath the umbrella of what a fruit cake is, essentially. Uh, but don't worry, we'll talk plenty about our version and what we know to be the, the fruitcake that you would see. And uh, like more foods than some might suspect, uh, food historians trace it back to ancient Rome. Oh, no way. Wow. The Romans Why? making their way back. It's been it's, it's been a hot been a minute. While. L. We haven't talked about the we haven't talked about the Romans wow. in a bit about two seasons. Hello? <laughs> yeah. Is it me? Yes. Yes, it is. Where have you been? Yeah, they, where have they where have you all been? They've Wow. Welcome back. I know, man. I felt like yeah, I felt like there was a point in season one and two where it was just like the Romans every other episode. But um <laughs> the Romans are back and they baked a ring-shaped confection that had pomegranate seeds, raisins, pine nuts, and barley mash, and that was known as Satura, um, not Zathura, oh not the gosh. movie Zathura. Why did you do Satura. that? Satura. Why did you do that? <laughs> um, <laughs> and it, it, it's believed that Satura was used as like a nutrient-dense ration for soldiers going into war. Okay, makes sense. Right, because you have all that. Again, you have pine nuts, raisins. Yeah. You got you know all this dried fruit and nuts and barley mashed. You know all the barley shit is that, definitely hearty for sure. Yeah, it's got all that fiber and carb in it. You know, shit that makes you feel full. Um, but during the late fifth century, all the way to the late fifteenth century, aka the Middle Ages, is when we would see the fruit cake develop into something closer that we're used to seeing during this time. Uh, honey, spices, candied fruits, those things became more popular and more available during those good times known as the Crusades. Maybe you heard of them. Yeah, yeah, that increased trade between uh, the Mediterranean and Europe because those were the two factions that were fighting each other. This isn't a Crusades history podcast, so if you want to learn more about those, (laughs) uh, check out the... 
uh, check out the show notes. Um, there, there's some. I, I, I linked some of those there because uh, I had to learn about the Crusades for this to have an idea sure. of what was going on. Because you hear about them, but I know virtually. I knew. I knew virtually almost nothing about the. Crusades, I, was, I so. vaguely remember maybe learning about that in school. Like it sounds yeah. familiar, but it's like, oh yeah, did we just kind of all learn it like that? Yeah. Yeah. But during that time, trade began to happen. Um, and that's when you started to see like honey and spice candy fruit. Those things started to get to Europe, things like that. And just around the globe, you know what I mean? You got the Mediterranean, Europe kind of going back and forth. So so that's where all that comes from. And then further expansion came after the Crusades with the growth of the British Empire. Of course. Yeah, we love the British Empire around here. <laughs> Fantastic. So again, uh, I believe the Crusades were the 11th, started in the 11th century, and then the British Empire started growing uh, around the 15th century. Wow. So, give you an idea about where all this is going on. I can't even fathom that time. Yeah, and you're looking at like the, the, the Renaissance period around the late 15th century, right? So, just... In general, a lot of growth. There's a going lot on of hap- yeah. There. There's a lot, a lot of things of, happening. A lot of imperialism. Um, so let's talk about fruitcake around the world. After the British Empire was going around, you know, a lot of different types of fruitcakes would emerge. Italy had its own version made with honey and pepper, dried figs, jam, and pine nuts. Okay. It was called panforte. Um, or if I were to do my best Italy accent, panforte. Panforte. And that dates back to the 13th century. Panaforte translates to strong bread. <laughs> That's fun. Okay. Uh, it sounds pretty good, yeah. actually. Yeah. Fruitcake. <clears throat> Just, it's hearty, <laughs> and it's it's war rations, or it's strong bread. That's what you need to know. <laughs> Both. So, uh, it, it, Germany has a rendition uh, known as Stalin, mm. not Joseph. Um, wow. Okay. It It's spelled S-T-O-L-L-E-N. But if you were to pronounce that in the, uh, you know, pronunciation sure. by Germans, it's Stalin. Um, so, yeah. That has been consumed since the 1400s. Oh, okay. And early versions of Stalin were uh, actually, they didn't have butter or oil in them at all. Oh. They were this very, bl- yeah, they were this very bland, dry, like, uh, not biscuit, but. Like just this dry piece of bread, essentially. No, thank you. Um, and that was that was due to a ban on butter. Oh, because fun fact about that is they were Saxons at the time, ah, so okay, they participated. Yeah, they participated in fasting in the Advent, so you weren't allowed to have butter or fat or anything. It's too rich, too dense. Okay, um, for fasting. Uh, during that time, uh, Prince Elector Ernst. And his brother, Duke Albrecht, uh, they wrote a letter to Pope Nicholas V. And Pope Nicholas said, fuck no. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely not. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, no, no, you guys, no, it's still banned. Uh, Yeah. They wrote a letter saying that they needed to use butter and oil because they couldn't get oil um, and butter in general. Because of how expensive it was, so they they wanted it to be lifted so they could actually get it and use it wow, for okay. baked goods and stuff. And yeah, uh, Pope Nicholas was like, "Nah, kid." Um, <laughs> Dang, and it okay. wasn't until five popes five later 
Wow, that's five. I feel like that's a long time. That Pope Innocent VIII did away with the butter ban. Good for him. Sort of. Just kidding. Okay. So, in his letter to to the Prince Elector, different Prince Elector at this time, (laughs) (laughs) because again, five five popes later, later, um, it was known as the Butter Letter. By the way. In fact, I yeah. love that so um, much. Okay, I'm gonna write people butter letters now. Yeah, uh, Pope Innocent VIII said uh, there would be no fine for the use of butter or oil for the prince and his family, but everyone else would still have to pay a tariff to help pay for the building of the University of Freiburg Minster. What? Yeah, incredible. Um, <laughs> Hustling. Yeah, it wouldn't be. Yeah, it wouldn't be until. Saxony became uh, Protestant, essentially. Saxony, Germany became Protestant. That the butter ban would truly be gone. So just a little backstory into into Stalin and its journey to being a bland bread to this n- fruited uh, nut bread that is today. All because of the pro- all because of the Protestants. <laughs> so uh, the Caribbean islands have a recipe uh, known as black cake. Ooh. Um, okay. So I might do. We might do an episode on black cake. Okay. Because I'm interested. You're in my attention. It was a little. The history was a little dense. <laughs> um, that was a little bakery joke. <laughs> so far away from my mic. <laughs> I didn't put a lot of the history down. Uh, just because it, it seemed like there was some some depth sure. to it. But I will talk about it and uh. The black cake, it's similar to plum slash figgy pudding, figgy uh, pudding. Except, the f- except the fruits can be soaked up to a year in rum Ooh. and port wine. Wow, that's a very long time. Yeah. Like I said, this seems to have a lot of history around it, just in general. Um, so for now, that's all I'm really going to say is that it seems to be a descendant of like plum and figgy pudding from Britain. Okay. Uh, I'm going to read off a recipe for this, for a black cake recipe. And yeah, uh, <laughs> this bad boy might be getting made. Soon. Okay. Um, you take a macerated fruit blend of cherries, prunes, currants, raisins, and peel mix. Peel mix is what's traditionally used in a, um, a fruit cake. Okay. You know, those like candied green and orange and you know what I mean? Like all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. That's like a peel okay. mix. Yeah, so you you macerate all that, and then you soak that in rum and port wine. Ooh, okay. Um, the batter gets lemon, or- and orange zest, a vanilla and almond extract. Uh, yes. It gets mixed essence. Yeah, it gets mixed essence, which is an extract used in Caribbean baked goods. It gets cinnamon, nutmeg, allspice, and clove, uh, as well as like, you know, a bunch of Fucking eggs, wow. some butter, some milk, and then that and that fruit blend. For the sugar in this recipe, they use a method with brown sugar and port wine where you cook the brown sugar until it's really dark brown, um, oh. and then you mix that with port wine. Yes. Uh, yes. And that's, yeah, that's called burnt sugar. That's what they call it, burnt sugar. Yeah. I'm going to leave that recipe in the show notes if you guys want to check that out and maybe make it. Uh, it looks fucking that phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah. Um, yeah, it sounds so goddamn good. The citrus, the alcohol, the the different you know fruits in it just sounds fantastic. So that will be on my uh, short list of recipes to do. Romania, Romania makes uh, a similar fruited and nutted swirl bread called uh, Kozanak. That 
they make it around the holidays. I didn't expect Romania on this list. Okay. It's got like a little squirrel. That's fun. Um, And it's just like almost like a fruited like nut jam that gets swirled oh, in there. Okay. Uh, it looks phenomenal. It looks really that good. That sounds fabulous. Um, so Romania, yeah, Romania does a thing. Uh, Portugal has a fruitcake known as Bolo Rey, uh, also known as king cake. Okay. And each cake has a single fava bean in it. And whoever gets the bean gets a prize. Hey. So isn't that, isn't that, that fun? That sounds familiar. Yeah. And the Britons, they have uh, plum and figgy pudding. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Plum and figgy pudding by the end of the 16th century. That's what they are making. And this recipe is real similar to what we uh, Americans know to be fruitcake. Of course. But instead of being baked, um, it's typically molded and steamed or boiled. Yeah. Very weird. Absolutely not, dude. It gets a nice flambe. Okay. All right. For fun. Okay. Yeah. So they pour some alcohol on it and they flambe it. Also, the term pudding in oh, Britain no gets used a lot. There's Yorkshire puddings, things like that. Apparently, pudding is... It, like, in today's age, it's pretty close to what we would consider dessert, roughly. I don't know. They call it plum and or figgy pudding. As far as I could tell, plums weren't ever used in it. So I don't know. Don't ask me. So let's talk about fruitcake as it was meant to be. Yes, let's talk about that. Yeah, fruitcake underwent another change once colonization happened in the Americas. Uh, sugar became more readily available which saw more sugar being added to figgy pudding. And since candied fruits were used for the longer travels between the two big land masses, they also found their way into the dish. So, you know, candied fruits weren't always used, but they started to get used during that time period because they became, again, they became more of a necessity for travel. Sure. So it's like, hey, we got this thing that we need to use. Yeah, and this is also when the act of soaking the fruitcakes in alcohol uh, became a tradition. You take rags and you dip them in alcohol and you, and you wrap the fruitcake with the alcohol. Oh, okay. And that is the birth of the terrifying fruitcake that you think of when I say the word that fruitcake. That is wild to me. Yeah, it's pretty much a baked figgy pudding with more sugar and uh, alcohol. The alcohol, I feel like the alcohol is the is important component to this. Yeah, so before we get into that, because I will touch on that, um, well, let's talk about why fruitcake is a holiday tradition. Yes, I would actually, yeah, I'm curious to know about this. Yeah, why the, why the fuck? Um, and that may just be because it's con it was at the time considered a decadent treat. Okay. Decadent treats just found a way to only be consumed during celebratory times, right? Like sure. it's expensive. It, Ingredients. Like, we're not going to make this all scarce. the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of unsatisfying because there isn't like a hard, like, this is when we did it. But we also know it was consumed around weddings. Okay. Again, because of how expensive, expensive it was. Now, as for the Christmas thing, uh, we believe that's because it became connected to Yuletide uh, by the Victorian era, which, if you didn't know, the Victorian era helped establish a lot of the traditional Christmas stuff that we do. Okay. Just like the general vibe of Just Christmas kind of vibe. was developed around this around this time. You know, uh, the Victorians they loved fruitcake so much so that Queen Victoria and Prince Albert had it at their wedding. Oh, they were committed like that. Got it. Yeah, what a bold choice. Very bold. And a a slice of that fruitcake was sold at an auction in 2016 for 1,500 pounds. No, pause, pause, pause. 
pause. A or if you're an American, seventeen hundred and seventy-eight dollars. Yeah, because I did a, definitely didn't know what that conversion was, so I do appreciate you answering that. Um, yeah. So a fruitcake allegedly from a wedding 1800s. from the eighteen hundreds. Yep, yep, yep. Slice of that sold for seventeen hundred dollars, almost eighteen hundred in twenty sixteen. Okay, you know I'm not going to criticize anyone for making deals, but like, okay, if that's what you if that's what you choose to hey, do. Man. That is what you choose. Again, it's got that. It again, it's got the half life of uranium. Four point five billion years. The shit can last. I'm not. I'm not convinced fruitcake goes bad. I don't um, know. I guess not. <laughs> I guess not. Yeah. I also to note that fruitcake was served at Princess Diana and Prince Charles's right. wedding in 1981, and in the Kate Middleton and Prince William's 2011 oh, wedding. So it's just in the family? Question mark? Uh, Is that just? Um, I think it's just kind of tradition to have it at weddings now. I don't necessarily think it's that loved anymore. Oh, what's with all the fucking booze? Tim, I don't okay? know. Tell me. I'm what curious all, about it. Yeah. What have we got all this fucking Why booze we, going around? I mean, I'm not mad about um, it. Yeah. So like I said earlier, the fruitcake sold in stores that we all know and loathe. Uh, <laughs> doesn't get made with booze. Yeah. Which is a bummer. News to me today. I literally learned that now. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but booze is used in a lot of fruitcake recipes, as I've mentioned, as well tonight and traditionally the baked fruit cake uh gets aged it gets fucking aged by soaking it with whiskey or rum <sighs> periodically over Get a series of weeks here. or months some even say up to a year a year yes allowing it not only to stay moist but also to season it which just means to like mellow out the tannins from that like bitter peel mix and shit but also that alcohol Keeps it from spoiling. Yeah. I'm so mind blown right now. Okay. Traditionally right, aged so it tastes better. And also that alcohol keeps it from spoiling. How does alcohol stop it from spoiling? Yeah. Well, <laughs> to talk about that, it's time for Science Time! So, protein molecules are nicely organized structures. And in biology, there is a process that modifies the molecular structure of those proteins. And it does so by breaking those bonds that are responsible for that organization. And that process is called denaturation or denaturation, however you want to fucking say it. And we can cause denaturation with the use of heat. A pH change, meaning making it uh, more acidic or more basic. Um, and even extreme agitation. So we can actually break protein downs by just Whoa, shaking them ew. real fucking good. You know what I mean? Yeah, just give them a good old fucking shake, and that'll, that'll uh, break down some of those. Um, and denaturation uh, happens in a lot of cooking. It's kind of what we're doing when we cook food. <laughs> we're breaking down proteins. It also happens when you munch on shit. Oh, the yeah. The saliva in your mouth starts the, yeah, starts the process of that. It starts to help break down some of that stuff. And then your stomach acid does the rest, right? Like right. this is a part of biology yeah. and chemistry. This is what happens. A thing you can think of is uh, an egg white becoming opaque when you cook it, right? Like that's a denaturation of the proteins in that clear egg white becoming opaque. And That's awesome. So yeah. it changes it fundamentally. And it just so happens 
that when bacteria have a party with alcohol, uh, they can die. Sing. Due to denaturation, Back- bacteria can die. Um, it's the same thing that happens when you put hand sanitizer on your hands. The uh, alcohol kills the germs and the bacteria on your hands by destroying the uh, microbe in the protein wow. molecule. I, yeah, no, okay. Science! I didn't, um, when we had fruitcake episode, I didn't yeah. realize that we'd be hitting science time as well with this. This has been fantastic. Okay. Yeah, this was uh, that, that was, was Professor Tim. Tim. He, uh, that might, I'm not going to lie to you, that might, might be the most that in-depth science was. It really, I was like, science time I'm I sitting in had. the science class right now. <laughs> and I was like, wow, where's my notebook? Um, uh, it also helps that uh, there isn't a lot of moisture in fruitcake due to the amount of dried ingredients that are in there. So, you know, like I said, it's a lot of like dried fruits, candied fruits and nuts in, in there. So l- lack of moisture helps uh, slow the rotting process down. Wow. All that is the, the bo- reason yeah. why we do the booze. Not, not just for flavors, yeah. but the denaturation process. Yeah, it's super important. The booze is important. <laughs> so, you know, here's the thing though, Elle. Fucking no one likes fruit. Yes, no Tim. one likes fruitcake. So why the fuck do we still yeah. eat fruitcake? That's a great question. I do. I yeah. I also second that question. You like my. Sh- why do we? You eat like it? my structure. <laughs> do you like my structure? This episode. Absolutely. <laughs> going one by one here. So the shelf life is for sure one of the main reasons uh, fruitcake rose to prominence. Uh, okay. As Naturally. a uh, quote unquote beloved baked good. In 1913, the USPS added a parcel uh, added parcel delivery, and just like that, food was being sent all over the country. Ah, there it is. Yeah, uh, and the shelf life of fruitcake made it a prime time food for sending across Perfect. the nation. Yes, to your relatives via the post office. So this is sort of the rise, but also kind of becomes the downfall. And I'll mention that. Oh? Yeah, okay. yeah. So by the 1950s, fruitcakes were considered an American holiday tradition. Um, yes. A 1953 LA Times article called it a holiday must. And the Fantastic. Christian Science Monitor had a headline that read, What could be a better gift than fruitcake? Okay. A lot. Well, the answer's a lot. The answer's a lot. I know a lot of other things that have a shelf life that are way better than <laughs> fruitcake. But... <laughs> Socks. <laughs> socks. Socks are a better gift. Yeah, I would happily take socks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but a survey by MasterCard in 1989 oh, yeah. showed that oh, yeah. 75% of people considered fruitcake to be the worst gift they received. Yes. Oh, damn. Just a mere 30 yes. years later. What caused that downfall? Uh, like I said, potentially just sort of the, the alcohol. S- Potentially just sort of the same thing that made it a tradition to begin with was the delivery. Like the, the dried, overly dense, flavorless fruitcakes being delivered year after year sort of made it year after year. sort of made it a meme gift before like the meme was like a terminology. Oh, wow. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like this. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was made fun of on Johnny Carson. It just kind of became a late night punchline. Uh, fruitcake did like I mean it's just like you had these companies that again they created these mass produced versions so you weren't even getting like homemade ones anymore you're getting these kind of bland kind of mushed up dried 
not good fruitcakes as a gift because it was a tradition to send a fruitcake. But at one point, that fruitcake was like homemade. <laughs> and that's so, yeah, no, what a wild tradition. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, the tradition itself probably led to its ultimate um, downfall. Or, or we all just kind of got tired of the taste of fruitcake. Oh, yeah. Okay. And so do we talk, so we talked about Moxie. That's a good, that's a good like parallel to make of just like something that has a profile that mm, people yeah. liked at one point, but maybe aren't so fond of anymore. Like, yeah, you know, that's the thing is our, like what we want out of food changes and what we like out of food changes, you know, food trends happen and something that is got this kind of bitter, sweet kind of burnt taste going you know what i mean it's just not it's just not necessarily the most popular flavor profile no one's seeking, yeah no yeah so that's exactly what it is yeah you know there's uh, a couple of reasons why that maybe uh fruitcake kind of became a thing that people shit on all the time <laughs> but let me tell you something now and this is our last thing because i'm wrapping up here tim okay fruitcake's not gone Still, no, still, still around. So much so, it's definitely still around. That over two million are still sold every year for the meme. For the that, okay. for the meme, Can baby. We... Buy it for the meme. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how legit it was, but I'm like, I think I saw that like the world population's gone to like eight billion. Mm-hmm. So now you tell me that two billion of those people are like willingly buying fruitcakes still no, and no. sending them to people? No, million. Not that many. Not two billion. Million. With an M. I'm saying two two million of those people. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're still choosing to do I'm just I'm flabbergasted. Yeah. I'm like, do you think it's just like the same people sending each other like fruitcakes? It's for the meme. I don't know, man. Yeah. It could just yeah, be a traditional You're probably right. Could, that probably is. Could just be a traditional thing. I'm not sure. Uh I will say though. Uh, I will for sure probably make a black cake this year. No, listen, I, wow, I can't believe, I I would be so down to try a black cake. It sounds delicious. I'll let you know when I, um, I'll, I'll let you know when it's done. Thank you. It, come through. Yeah. Um, I, I don't want to say that I would be willing to try a fruit cake if it's actually made like the way it's, it, the way it was originally supposed to be. Yeah. Alt, uh, so Alton Brown has made. a recipe. That you can find our boy Alton Brown. Alton Brown has a recipe Big that you can find, pond. and um, when I was reading it, it sounded really, really good. Didn't sound as good as like black cake because black cake is just like a different beast entire entirely. Sure. Um, but as far as like fruit cakes go, it sounded sounded really good. I also, yeah, no, I would be yes, Alton Brown. Okay, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, in the kitchen. So L, where you at? Tim, I said ten out of seventy like Christmas lights, and now I'm like, wow. I'm I'm willing to bump that up at to thirty to thirty Christmas lights. Right. I haven't tried it yet or anything because like I think that's also part of it too. Uh, one of the things that I'm enjoying about fruitcake is that there are so many uh, variations based off of country, which I I always think I always think it's fun when um, different countries essentially have the same type of food, but they have their own spin on it and how they. Right. Either prepare it or, you know, whatever the ingredients are. Yeah. I just think it's, I just think it's really neat. Um, And again, unexpected. So it's like some, like Italy, I would try theirs. Mm -hmm. Portugal, I'd try theirs. It's also just kind of Romania's, Romania's looked really good. It almost looked like a jam sort of thing. Oh, with the, yeah, the jam swirl. That was swirled into the bread. It looked fantastic. Yeah. I would love to try that. And again, like actually trying 
like I said, a fruitcake that's made the way it was intended to be made um, yeah. and not the store, the store-bought version. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the thing. And a lot of those versions that I mentioned are like more bread-like. Romania's, yeah. Romania's version is definitely more, It's it's got a filling essentially. Uh, but the outside is very much like the swirl of it's very pastry. It looked very much like a pastry uh, where most of the, and again, you can actually check out, like, I'll link to stuff and that should have all the images on those different sources yeah, okay. and stuff that will be in the show notes. Yeah. It is surely amazing to see, but like, I was just fascinated by the amount of uh, like nutted fruited breads that kind of popped up. I didn't expect that. Yeah. Because they're again, they're like a holiday tradition so it's not fruitcake in the sense of how we understand fruitcake, but it is fruitcake essentially because it's, you know, it's like their version of it. It was fun. Yeah. yeah it was good. Um, it changed. No, it was really cool. It changed my entire outlook on fruitcake completely. Uh, Same. Yeah. No, you did a great job of that. I, I for sure you that. And I'm kind of with you, right? Like I don't want to praise it all the way because like I can't do so without uh, having tried like a proper one. But I am so intrigued to make a proper one. Yes. Um, I want to make a black cake, and because the black cake is like almost a pudding like texture, it's very dense. It's very dense. Interesting. Okay. And I, I want to try that, and then I also, yeah, I want to make a fruit cake, and I want to try it out. I want to see how see how good it is. <laughs> like if you do it, yeah, if you do it okay. properly, it seems pretty involved. But I don't know. It sounds kind of fun to do. So. Um, but we got we we've been up by twenty Christmas lights. We went yeah, that's a pretty solid yeah. You've got a full like a, you got two full sets now. And uh, yeah, you do. And I'll take that as a win. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. Another just button of an episode. I feel bad for my soda stuff. So my la- <laughs> so my last two episodes have been very like concise. <laughs> <laughs> no frills. <laughs> you were telling a different story, Tim. Yeah. Telling a different story. No frills this time around. Um, no, guys, welcome to the end of the podcast. Uh, do you hear that music at the top and Stinger? Sounds pretty good, I right? need to change this up, goddammit. <laughs> guys, the music you're listening to right now, it's made by a friend right of ours, Austin Martin. You can check him out on Spotify or Apple Podcasts under Meridian Sky. So uh, check him out. Again, links will be in the show notes. I also helped make this one, so I deserve some credit, and I will never not mention that I helped. Yeah, no, you did. You did. It sounds good. This uh, did a great job. Thing. It's awesome. You should check him out. But also the new theme is cool. It's got more of a like curiosity vibe as opposed to our Ooh. as opposed to our last two, which were kind of fun vibes. Either way, check us out on Twitter uh, at Where Does Food. I'm at Tim Wehunt. I'm at El Chapo with three underscores between L and the Chapo. Good luck finding her. Um, Aw, <laughs> oh, come on. It'll actually be really easy because, again, it's in the show notes. Uh, you can check us out at uh, wheredoesfood.com. We have a website. and Way better. Yeah, you can see all the episodes. And you can go to anchor.fm and? forward slash wheredoesfood. And, yeah, that's, that's kind of home base. It's RSS feed. So you can plug that into any player that you like. Uh, also, it's where we have our support button. Nice profile page. Yeah, it's, uh, if you want to support us, you can. Just press that support button. It's just out of the kindness of your heart. If you want to support us in another way that isn't monetary, uh, you can leave a review and rate us. Let us know how much you don't like the show or 
how much you do like the show. <laughs> yeah, you can do that, and it also helps us out tremendously. Another thing that helps us out tremendously is, I don't know, just tell people about it. Yeah, that's a great idea. Just tell people about it. Just play it loudly. That's all I got, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Where Does Food. Uh, have a great one. What a formal outro. <laughs> yeah, that was a very formal one that I put air horns. Yeah, yeah. Have, a, have a great night. <laughs>